0: Welcome back for another episode of Stepping Forward podcast. I think Rachel's secretly—I uh, don't know—European, maybe. Listen, that is not a secret.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm very European. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know. I mean, I, I knew, uh, but I didn't want to say anything in case, like, you didn't. Trying to, you were trying to keep it undercover. Call spreading all my secrets, Sarah. <laughs> hey, you
0: said it wasn't a secret. I know. You're right. I did. Yeah. No, I'm, my
1: my ancestors all are from Europe. I think mine are too. I call myself a Heinz 57 because I'm a little bit of everything. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm mostly like Scottish and Scottish. Yes. I like it. My well, Scottish lass. That's... <laughs> yeah. That's why my body is like oh, we'll just hang on to all these calories for you. We never know when there will be a famine. Oh
1: my gosh, right? <laughs> yeah. Thanks, buddy. Like, no, thanks. Appreciate your help there. Thanks yeah. for keeping me alive. Yes. Also,
0: <laughs> you don't need very much sun. We can be very efficient oh with my gosh. a very small amount of sun. <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: And my dad's side of the family is ger- from Germany. And so I have like these, you know, thick fingers. I don't have like dainty little <laughs> delicate lady fingers. I have oh, like sausage fingers. So you're German. I'm German. So that's why you don't like fun things. Exactly. <laughs> Love that movie. Oh, baby. gosh. So you guys are
0: probably wondering why you're here. I know. Um...
1: <laughs> Heaven knows we wonder that sometimes. We're like, we're so grateful for you guys for listening. They've really all left. They're gone. We're talking to no one at this I point. <laughs> Oh Oh, man, Rachel and I are loopy. It's fun. (laughs) We are.
0: We're both exhausted, you guys. Yeah. We are in the thick of it with work. Yes. And
1: family. Yeah. Yeah, All the things. things, Exactly. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Today we wanted to talk to you about um, because I was telling Rachel earlier I'm an internalizer, and that means I take everything inside and like I think about it and um, we talked about doing an episode about internalizing versus externalizing in stepkids and then we're going to add on introversion and extroversion as well as ambiversion and how that Ooh. relates to, I know we're just like <laughs> representing the house. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about that and then the, how that relates to stepkids and step families, and just kind of being aware of everybody's styles. Yes. And we're going to talk about some other stuff. Yes. Yay.
0: We'll, we'll get down to business. <laughs> to defeat. The Huns. Huns. (laughs) Okay. All right. So internalizing versus externalizing. Yes. Let's kind of just talk about the definitions initially. Mm. I feel like I should Google something even though I talk about these all the time. Yeah, if you could Google that because they're definitely not already in your brain.
1: I know. (laughs) I'm like, it's in the work part of my Uh, brain and I shut that part off on the weekend. (laughs) I'm like
0: so sarcastic, you guys. I apologize.
1: (laughs) So basically, to internalize just means to like take everything in, like take everything on you. Um, you in psychology, it means to make attitudes or behavior part of one's nature by learning or unconscious assimilation. So the example they said is people learn gender stereotypes and internalize them, where um, externalizing would be putting stuff out. So basically, people who tend to have internalizing behaviors would have higher levels of depression and anxiety. Um, They might not tell you if they're having a hard time. Mm -hmm. They might just try to handle it all themselves where people who are externalizing might be more... um... I don't want to say aggressive because it's not always the case but that's just what I think of on the test that I give that does externalizing Mm -hmm. behaviors like aggression and conduct problems they might be more angry they might punch things yeah more
0: likely Um, to act out talk out exactly
1: exactly I just I keep thinking
0: every time we say internalized I think of bottling it up yeah and then I think of that Sarah Bareilles song that's like and then you bottle it up then get down to the heart of it. No, it's my heart. I don't remember that one. <laughs> it's like, one. It's like all it. stuck in my head. And uh-huh. I'm like, sorry, everyone. My brain is looping right now. <laughs> no, it's good. I like listening to you sing. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I feel like with my two stepkids, I have
1: one of each of these. Uh-huh. I could totally see that for years. Yeah. I think for mine, I have one. There's just internalizers and gender stereotypically. This is not always the case. Mm-hmm. Girls tend to internalize more often than boys do yeah, um, because it's more socially acceptable for girls to um, be sad and feel emotions that way. And it's more socially acceptable for boys to be angry in the United States. Um, not saying that either one is like a great way to be in the way that things should be. That's just kind of historically socially what we've done. Right. So my girls fun to follow along the gender lines.
0: Yeah. Mine don't.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Our
0: family doesn't do gender lines apparently. (laughs) Um, So yeah. Which is not a bad thing. I think, you know, everybody's different. So. Completely. But yeah, my older stepdaughter tends to externalize. She, she will like, she wants to talk about
1: things a lot. Oh, yeah. So. She's a huge verbal processor. Oh, yeah.
0: Verbal processor for sure. Uh-huh. She, But she also gets, like, really excited to go to therapy and talk about stuff. Uh-huh. Like, she's like, when's my next appointment? I got to go. I need to talk about things. Uh-huh. Right? So she's, <laughs> um, because she will channel it in those healthier ways, she doesn't really act out a lot. Yeah. Which I'm thankful for. Uh-huh. Yay. Um, <laughs> my younger stepdaughter is I would say an internalizer. She bottles it up and bottles it up and bottles it up until it explodes. And then it's just all over the walls. Uh
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's interesting. I wouldn't necessarily have thought that I would have reversed it. Oh, really? Just based on the little bit I know about them. Yeah. yeah,
0: It's it's kind of interesting. And these concepts are kind of confusing in some ways too, Mm -hmm. because a lot of times what you see, I mean, I can see how you could get these flipped in your head very easily. And I think I do sometimes.
1: Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. But, like, um, yeah. And it probably isn't always one way or the other. Cause like you yeah. said, your younger one tends to bottle stuff up and until she doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Which is really common for a lot of people. Cause you can't right. handle that all yourself. You're not supposed to. <laughs> um, so when you have an internalizer, it's really important for them to have a way to deal with their emotions. Right. Um, especially as a step kid or like um, I don't know if you're listening to this as a biological parent and your partner is an internalizer. They need to have somewhere safe to go. And if you can't be right. that safe place for them, help them find a safe place because they need to get it out somehow. <laughs> uh,
0: so what do you do when they won't? Because mm. it's like, hey, you're in therapy, but you won't really talk to your therapist. We'll and probably
1: take him to play therapy. Where,
0: Yeah. She's in play
1: therapy.
0: Oh, yeah. she is? But, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she struggles yeah. a lot. But I think... Um, there are a lot of other factors at play, for sure, um, and different manipulations and yes. alienations going on as well. So that's really it's hard to to deal with. But she does like physical play is a good way for her to get
1: stuff out. So we do try to incorporate that yeah, whenever we can. That's good. So. I think for a lot of people with anxiety and depression, their fight or flight response is going off all the time. And they need to have that physical output mm-hmm. so that they can release the hormones that are released when the fight or flight response goes off. So, like taking that. a walk, taking a run, going swimming, playing outside, playing on swing set, whatever mm-hmm. can be really helpful too if they don't want to do it in a therapeutic setting, <laughs> which is okay. It's, you know, you can't force them to do stuff. Right. Yeah. They're going to do what they want to do with their. That's so hard. Yeah. So, I guess lives. we could make a case that my kids are the opposite of what I said. Yeah. Yeah that's just what I see. But like, I don't know. I'm not with him as much as you are. So I'm not qualified to, I'm not qualified to diagnose anyway, but (laughs) 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 to like, just weigh in, I guess. (laughs) Yeah,
0: It's interesting. Well, and then there's like the introvert versus extrovert. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And we've talked about that a lot because that just basically is where people get their energy from and where they feel more energized and happy and stuff. And you can also be an ambivert, which is Sometimes you feel energized by being around people and sometimes you feel energized by being by yourself or with a small, very small group of people. Yeah.
0: And I, it, it is, it's kind of a spectrum.
1: Yeah, it is, huh? So yeah. ambivet. Because I'm an introvert, but I also like work a second job as a job as checker at a grocery store. And I love like being able to talk to people sometimes in that right. setting. So, and but I
0: think you do get more like one-on-one conversation
1: true. in that setting. Yeah. So for introverts, they tend to take their energy from either individual or small group experiences Mm -hmm. or by themselves. Um, Even they might need some time to regroup and to have alone time. And it can be really hard for extroverts to understand this Mm -hmm. because they're like, but don't you want to be around people? Don't you want to do this and this and this? And introverts are like, no, that sounds exhausting. Why would I want to go do that? Right. (laughs) But for an extrovert, being a loner with a small group might be exhausting. Yes. It can be really hard. So, I mean, think about your kids and introversion. Um, I think Kylie is more extroverted generally, but since having anxiety, she's been more introverted. Mm-hmm. So that can impact it too. Maybe she's ambivert now. Yeah. Because um, before I was like, you're totally like friendly and we take them on trips and she'd make friends with all these people and just, right. you know, keep up those friendships and stuff. And she still does. Um, but I see a lot of introversion in her with her anxiety too. Yeah. And what about Haley? Mm, definitely an introvert <laughs> <laughs> definitely we said oh we were looking up introvert jokes one time on on pinterest <laughs> and telling him to her and she's like relates to all of them she's, she's like yeah yes, yes. <laughs> she's she's so funny she does school online mm-hmm. um which is good because of her concussion and so she doesn't really see a lot of people but then sometimes she'll go to starbucks go to to go do her homework, mm-hmm. and she doesn't have to act- interact with anybody there. But they have free Wi-Fi. Her bed's not there, so she's not tempted to lay down and fall asleep. It's <laughs> Such
0: a huge temptation. Yeah, I know
1: that's kind of how I made it through graduate school. I fall asleep reading all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds familiar. <laughs> so, okay. What do you think for Dan? Do you think Dan's introverted or extroverted? I think that Dan is extroverted. I could totally see that. Uh,
0: but I do think that some of the abuse he has gone through and that trauma has made him more introverted to where he's like
1: yeah people suck I want to be alone yes (laughs) I think like Chris I don't know kind of in the last 10 years I've seen him go from being more extroverted to more introverted which has been really interesting and I'm like I hope I didn't have an influence on that but now he's like I don't want to be around people I hate it and um, he's not as bad as his dad but he just is like I just want to be alone, it's
0: fine, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I don't know, I used to hate being by myself uh-huh. when I was younger, but I got really good at it. Um, especially being like the youngest child with a lot of siblings that were a lot older, I was home alone a lot, or yeah. um, and I really then being single for a long time got good at like going out to meals by myself and going to movies Uh by myself. And I'm like, Oh, I really actually enjoy this. This is great. (laughs) So I think that that is part of why I see it as more of a spectrum. And like, the more you get to know yourself, the more you might change on that spectrum. Yeah, that's true. And the more you get to experience other things in life, I think people get more towards the middle.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. So I was just thinking about like the girls when we first, when I first met them, Haley would not smile for me at all. Mm-hmm. Like I would try to get her a smile for pictures. She was just as little cute as a button two year old, you know, mm-hmm. she wouldn't smile total into her even at that age. And yeah. I was like that as a kid too. I was really shy and I didn't want to talk to people and I didn't have any good self-advocacy skills, we call them now, like (laughs) asking for the help that I needed. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've definitely like changed since I became an adult and kind of had to. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I do think like for Dan, he also is very empathetic. Yeah. And so if he's with a group of people that are like energy suckers, Mm mm-hmm that extrovert piece is not going to be functioning well. Right. So I think for that, like, I and I think he's got that value of like, I don't want to be with people just to be
1: with people. Right. Which is a good, healthy thing. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Like, you don't need people around to help fulfill you. You mm-hmm. can be by yourself and be okay. Right. Total EQ. Yes. Yep. <laughs> um, and then as far as my girls,
0: I think my older daughter is an extrovert. Mm-hmm. For the most part, she's kind of an ambivert. She does sometimes value that alone time. That
1: yeah,
0: I'm gonna go read or I'm gonna go draw or I'm gonna go design something, right? right? Um my younger daughter is definitely an introvert. Uh Uh-huh. She does not like to do social anything. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. But by the same, like at the same time, she's she doesn't really love to be alone either. Like she likes to know that we're nearby.
1: Like have you close. Small group of people close by. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Makes sense.
0: So I'm hoping she develops that enjoying her alone time Uh a little more because I feel like it would be very healthy for her.
1: For sure. I think about it in terms of what that looks like as an adult and just thinking about my girl's mom, um, that she, like, can't be out of a relationship Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I worry about for my girls and teaching them. It's okay. It's healthy. You got to be alone sometimes and be okay with it. But right. It's much better to
0: be alone than to be in an unhealthy relationship. Totally,
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, in terms of your stepkids, being aware of what they are can help you because then you can respect them and give them what they need or help your partner, give them what they need. Mm -hmm. Um, If they need time, with other people, or even like time with their bio parents, and just them is really helpful anyway. Yes, definitely. Um, not bio parents, probably one at a time. Bio parents, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, time with them and their bio parent to have just one-on-one time can be really helpful. But also thinking about like, hey, this kid is more extroverted. Let's plan a big birthday party for him or her. This one isn't. But let's do something small, like just have you know a couple friends over or something. Right.
0: Um. So one thing I want to bring up in regards to this is, it's kind of a trigger word for some people, but mm-hmm. toxic masculinity. So I think a lot of people have been taught, whether explicitly or implicitly, that men or boys shouldn't cry, shouldn't be sad about things, right. shouldn't display certain emotions. Um should always be able to just manage their emotions. Right. If they do have an emotion, it should just be anger. Right. And then that's it. That's the only socially acceptable one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's very unhealthy. Uh-huh. Um, but I think we do need to take it into account when we're communicating with our stepkids, with our spouses, um, that maybe they're feeling vulnerable because they, they don't know if it's safe to show those emotions.
1: Yeah. So that's something to take into yeah. account for sure. Even if you think about kind of the phrases that are associated with that, like man up, you know, mm-hmm. kind of, what are you? Take a it sissy? like a man. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. There's a lot of phrases that are associated with that. And we know that that's it doesn't create emotionally healthy adults. Mm-hmm. Adults, not adults. <laughs> adults. Yes. Those, Those are words. internet adults. <laughs> <Edults>. adults. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I completely agree with you because we have to um to raise healthy kids and like have a healthy family, we need to like encourage expression of emotion to a healthy point and mm-hmm. also like teach them ways to deal with it and cope with it besides getting mad and punching a wall. Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of my students I see in anger management are boys. Um, girls don't have necessarily the same like externalized anger. They tend to be more verbally aggressive than physically aggressive and they don't usually get in the same kind of trouble for that, mm-hmm. which is also not a good thing. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, interesting. I know it really is. <laughs> so in terms of that, just being aware of like, does this kid feel not only are they internalizer or externalizer, does this kid feel safe enough to express what they're feeling? Mm-hmm. Um, Do they feel comfortable? Do they have the emotional intelligence to be able to do this? Right. And kids can't be bullied into using
0: the tools that you give them. Um, yeah. I've had students who have had step parents who are like well you know this tool why aren't you you just gotta use it or like we'll call them names because they're not using their tools which is abusive yeah please don't do that um so I think that just remembering to have that patience and kindness and you know it's good to remind kids kindly and gently to use the tools that they've learned
1: yeah yeah I think um, I think about that a lot because with one of my stepdaughters, she really implements those tools for anxiety and the other one doesn't. And then she's like, I'm just so anxious. I can't handle anything. And I'm like, well, kiddo, what are you doing to deal with it? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of kids need some, <clears throat> sorry, either reminders of that, support around that. But like you said, you can't force it. And sometimes mm-hmm. as a step parent, you just have to say, I can't push this anymore. They're going to do what they're going to do. Right. And I need to let it go. And it's frustrating. Mm-hmm.
0: And I, you will hear me singing that from the mountaintops. Yes. Same. Because when you've been working on a stress management tool or mindfulness something mm-hmm. with your kids for literally years
1: uh-huh.
0: and then they don't use it, it's like, are you kidding me right now? I know. I am going to lose my crap. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Sometimes you do just have to take that step back. Yeah, you do. And sometimes when you take that step back is when they finally use Uh it. (laughs)
1: Uh-huh. Kind of let them experience their consequences a little bit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think even though I teach this all the time, sometimes it's hard as a parent to remember that their little brains are still developing. And they have pathways in their brain, neural pathways in their brain for things that they do. And that is the quickest and easiest route for them to get to what they want or what they feel like will meet their needs But it's not conscious. It's not something that they think about. Mm -hmm. It's just the quickest and easiest thing to do. Probably like you take the quickest route to work every day. You don't think, okay, what's going to be quicker today? Um, You just do it. Right. And so remembering that their brains aren't developed and... Um, Can be really helpful. And then one other thing that I see a lot in middle school is sometimes we can teach and teach and teach and teach and teach strategies. Kids don't get it. And then something just clicks over the summer, like their brain goes up a little bit, (laughs) grows up, not goes up. And then they can do the skill all the time everywhere. And it's so all of your hard work gets like rewarded at that point. They can do it. So don't give up on them. Um, if they are struggling to learn and struggling to implement things into practice that you've taught them, because there's a good chance that they may when their cute little brains are ready.
0: Yes. And I can like personally attest to this because um, like I remember I've always struggled with math, not always, but to a, once I got into the higher level math, I just had a harder time processing it mentally. Yeah. And, um, it was always like a year later, I'd be in a math class and I would finally figure out something from the year before uh-huh. from a different teacher, For like, you know, it would, things would click then. And then yeah. even when I was doing like college level math, all of a sudden something from high school would make sense. Uh-huh. And like, sometimes it just takes time. It does. It's just your brain needs that time to process and try and mm-hmm. fail and try again. Yeah. And it's actually been proven that the more you keep trying, even if you're failing and it doesn't seem like you're making progress, you are making progress on those neural pathways. So even for a kid, like I would say praise even the slightest improvement and encourage them to keep trying because like, say um, my 10 year old will like throw these fits sometimes, but say like Every time we were getting into any sort of logical discussion of why she couldn't have what she wanted, Uh um, let's say we got a little further into the discussion, Mm -hmm. well, just that little bit started to create or deepened a different neural pathway than her automatic one. Yeah. So I think just having that patience and willingness to keep trying, even when you feel like you're beating your head against (laughs) a brick wall,
1: it does make a difference. It does. I think about neural pathways, like if you're out hiking in the mountains and you take off across something like a field, there's mm-hmm. nothing there. There's no trail. Yeah. And so it's really hard to build new neural pathways. But the more people go on the trail, the more times you take that trail, the more worn down it gets. And eventually it's like a super highway. Mm hmm. Yes, yes definitely and then one other thing oh yeah parenting is like education in that it's a long game
0: mm-hmm. um, and you
1: might not see results right away and I got frustrated my first few years in education because I was like nothing's happening these kids aren't learning anything what am <laughs> I doing here <laughs> and then like a couple of them would come back from high school uh, like come back yeah to the middle school from high school and they were like oh thank you so much I'm doing this and this and like Aww. I have this job now and I'm like oh that makes me feel so good um but don't give up hope. Your kids can do it. They sometimes just need time and patience and love and support.
0: Often. Usually.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Frequently.
1: Frequently. <laughs> We're back to Rachel's accents. I like it.
0: Well, that always reminds me of Pirates of Penzance. haven't seen it. So it's a musical. Uh-huh. And um, they make a play on words with um, often and orphan, because if with a British accent they have sound very orphan. similar. Uh-huh. O- often, often. Oh, oh, and there's like this big confusion, right? And then it's like, I think the pirate king and the major general. It's like, oh, oh, I think I know what's happening here. When you say often, do you mean often, frequently, <laughs> or often, oh wait, do you mean often a person who has lost his parents, oh. or often? Frequently <laughs> So yeah. Anytime I hear the word frequently, I'm like, like frequently <laughs> and everyone's like okay. I like
1: yeah. And then think about this in terms of your spouse too, because they might be building new neural pathways and it might take them some time. So
0: more than likely, especially um, if they were in their previous marriage for a long time for sure. or partnership or anything. Yeah. Whatever that relationship was.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in for another episode of our Stepping Forward podcast.
0: Um, We wanted to let you guys know that we are going to be taking a little break um, and we will be back with season two in Mm -hmm. mid-April. We just have a lot going on Mm -hmm. and we need a little bit of time to regroup before
1: we ramp back up again. But please, please, please send us ideas on Facebook um, or on Instagram or Twitter or through our email of topics that you would like to have us address because we want to be here and we want to be helpful for you. And the best way that we can be helpful for you is hearing from you what you want to know. Yeah.
0: And I know we've said this before, but if you guys could please review us, um, we would really appreciate it. It really helps get our podcast out there just because of how the different algorithms work on like iTunes and stuff. Um, that's one of the biggest things that will bump us up in rankings and let other step parents and step families find us. Yeah. And we want to help people with this podcast.
1: That's our whole goal.
0: Yes. Um, and share us, talk about us. Word of mouth goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Tell your other, you know, family members, let other people know. Um, just, is really the nicest thing you could do for us. Yes. Is, is talk us up. Exactly. <laughs> we can only toot our own horns so much, I you know? Know. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, like we could really use that. And, you know, part of why we need this break is because we do both work full time mm-hmm. and we have second jobs that we do in yep. addition to our families and podcasting. And, um, we, love doing the podcast and we want to be yeah. able to keep doing it uh but we need to expand our listenership to be able That's to true. support the continued production of the podcast
1: yeah, i agree with that
0: definitely so, so
1: yes please review us please share us and um in the meantime keep, keep on stepping, on stepping. All you